Welcome back to the program. We're going to pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, we thank you that you are our Father. We thank you that you love us and take care of us. We ask, Lord, for the grace to put you first, to allow you to take the first place in our hearts, our minds, in our lives. Lord, we ask you to bless our relationships, cleanse and purify them of anything that's not holy in our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our, our omissions. Lord, give us the grace today to be humble, to not take ourselves too seriously, but to take seriously the truth that you have planted us in this moment, that you've given us a call, that there's a reason why we are here now. Lord, give us the grace to be salt, light, and leaven in this world. We thank you for the gift of Sacred Heart Radio. Lord, continue to bless it and allow it to thrive and flourish. Lord, make it a useful vessel in your hands, useful for your glory to shine forth, your truth to be made known, your church, Jesus, to be loved and to be built up. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I mentioned an announcement, Carrie. Today is, guess what, folks? The 22nd anniversary of Sacred Heart Radio's Going on the Air. 22 years ago today, Sacred Heart Radio broadcast its very first program on KBLE Seattle. It took over KBLE, it bought it, and finally launched its first uh, program on the air on uh, January the 19th, 20, 2001. Not exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah, and so many memories that I have. Uh, I've had the blessing of being on uh, the air for 20 years. I'm old, Carrie. You're shaking your head. <laughs> 20 years. I'm old. I'm old, too. <laughs> yeah, you're old, too. Yeah, unfortunately, you did age with me. So I've that, been growing with you. <laughs> yes, that does happen. And uh, today, we are not going to be focused on sort of telling our Sacred Heart Radio stories, but on Monday... Father uh, Kurt Nagel, who has been on for, I think, about 17 years with me on Monday editions, we're actually going to be pre-recording uh, our Monday program um, today on the anniversary. And so that's kind of neat. So we're going to uh, reminisce. We're going to go down memory lane uh, on Sacred Heart Radio and share some uh, neat stories uh, and uh insights and guests and all those sorts of things. So lots of great stuff to share. So happy anniversary, Sacred Heart Radio. Please continue to pray for Sacred Heart Radio, that the Lord would use Sacred Heart Radio to advance its mission in the state of Washington and beyond, and that the Lord would continue to provide for Sacred Heart Radio. What a wonderful uh, day to show a sign of support for Sacred Heart Radio, you can go to sacredheartradio.org and give a financial gift. Carrie, I don't want to miss... Sacred Heart Radio. Come on. I don't want to miss the opportunity. Give a gift to Sacred Heart Radio on their anniversary. How many times Happy are anniversary. you say Sacred Heart Radio? <laughs> oh, Welcome to my life, I know, everyone. It's good. It's good. I've learned, Carrie. Remember, I've been doing this for 20 okay, years. Okay, what have you learned? I've learned a lot. One that you the, have to uh, say Sacred Heart Radio so that people know what you're talking about? One of the things I've learned, and, and, and believe it or not, it came into greater focus just recently, really almost in the last few weeks. Oh, wow. Why do you always have so many insights? You keep having insights. It's... What's the name of the program? Sound Insight. Okay. Well, that's a perfectly named program for Let's you. Let's go. But now it should be not the sound, Puget Sound. Well, sound also means healthy, whole. Life-giving, something that's sound, is not toxic. It's yeah, it not poison. Double meaning. That's double entendre, mm -hmm. Carrie. That's what it is. So the insight is that our young people, high schoolers, benefit more from apologetics than I realized. And they benefit more today, 20 years into, 22 years into the life of Sacred Heart Radio than maybe was needed 22 years ago. And I say that because 22 years ago, the statistics around how many people self-identified as atheists, how many people were identifying as former Catholics or as nuns or duns has 
skyrocketed. And so I have to have my eyes wide open. I think, Carrie, we have to have our eyes open around the reality that our kids are going to be challenged and tested with regards to their faith. And one of the first things, one of the first ways that their faith is going to be tested is when it is challenged or put into question by one of these other groups of folks. And if they're not equipped with an answer, like, you know, 1 Peter 3.15, always be ready to give an answer for the hope, a uh, reason for the hope that is within you, which is sort of the apologetic, uh, the apologist's, you know, first text, go-to text in the New Testament about why is it that we need to learn this? We need to be ready to give answers. And it, it hadn't really dawned on me that even our kids who are in amazing like educational places and, and have great friends, they're going to be in, in workplaces and, and out in, in jobs and, and even at school. They're going to have their faith put into question. And I think that's one of the gifts that Sacred Heart Radio has, has and offers over the course of its life is a number are a number of programs that provide answers to a lot of the questions that come at Catholics. I find that uh, our kids are having their mind formed with different things happening throughout the day, but there's just a lot of non-formation time. And I don't know what kind of time you'd call that, but I feel like when we get in the car, I have more of a pushback from them about me saying, okay, we're going to listen to this podcast, we're going to listen to this little talk, or we're going to, I'm going to put on this um, YouTube video, because some of the apologetics or formation that needs to happen is not, it cannot come from me. <laughs> My voice is no longer this fresh voice. Uh, I'm just the mom voice. And so I really find all of these just burning issues there are answers and there are well-formed talks on them if you just spend some time thinking about what it is you want your child or your son or daughter to hear. And often when I'm listening to something, I'm like, would this benefit my kids? And I, I guess what I'm falling into is a lot of times my kids, teenagers say, oh, we don't listen to this. Oh, mom, do we have to listen to your talk? And it's almost like I need to take the reins back. We need to sit down with them all at a family meeting and say, this is how your mind is formed. This is how your heart is formed. This is where you grow. And it's our duty as parents to help put in front of you great teaching and beautiful formation. And mom and dad can't always give that, but you know who can? There's this, these great resources. And so when we do a car drive, that's more than 20 minutes. Or when we are headed to adoration, that's a half hour away. Or when we are going to a game at... In Pullman, because I took them to Pullman the other night for their basketball game, which is about an hour and 45 minutes. And um, I said to them before we left, I said, we're going to listen to a 45-minute talk, and then we can put on some music. And we also did the rosary. Um, and we listened to a great talk about um, digital distraction and how it undermines our spiritual life. And a lot of the content was very well presented and things that our kids would never think of because they're just not thinking that way. They're not in that that space. But I just felt like I need to take back the reins or we need to, as parents, we need to let them know that this is what we're doing when we're in the car or even in the evening. This is, we're going to take some time to form our minds by listening to some great teaching. And I guess I just encourage parents to not diminish or not relinquish or not give over that authority to the enemy or to other digital or social media platforms that you as a parent really have a duty to um, bring to them insight and truth and even capturing it in little phrases and not, not that I've done this, but to remind them because this is what I do do. <laughs> I forget. And so I have to write down notes and reread it, you know, two weeks later or two days later. But to capture some of those insights and put it up on the, the family bulletin board or the family um, whiteboard, um, because I think forming them today is going to take more effort and more intentionality than it's ever taken, because I just feel like what's coming at them so quickly, so intensely, so in-depth, clever, smart, um, well-formed uh, against the truth of Christ, against the truth of who God is, is um, it's harder to combat. 
So kids, you who are listening to this right now on your way to school, <laughs> mom and dad are <laughs> driving you to school <laughs> and they're listening to you right now. You're like, see, mom and dad are saying, you see, you see, this is what Dr. Curran and this is what Car- Mrs. Curran are talking about. This is why we're doing this. It's a, we love you. You see, your parents love you. And they want you to be strengthened. They want you to have on that spiritual and intellectual suit of armor to be able to defend your faith. And I think, Tom, the what I'm facing, and, and the reason I say you have to set aside time to tell kids, is people do so much better when they have a five-day notice, a three-day notice, a two-hour notice. Of we're going to go to mass three days this week, or we're going to do this kind of fast this week, or we're going to do no junk food January. How, how, how's our January been going? Terrible. The, <laughs> <laughs> so, so no terrible. junk food January. But this is it okay. Was, it was it's a great building idea. up to fast from fast food February. We are Ooh, getting. Oh, <laughs> Carrie, you, you got a bunch of them here. I know. Well, the funny thing is they keep having uh, funny purchases of junk food and I just kind of shake my head, make a joke, but we'll get there. You know, it'll lead right into Lent. Um, but no, kids just are more receptive when We've told them there's space. We've ballooned that idea out there, and it allows for them to not resist it so strongly. They know it's coming, then slowly they're like, okay, all right, Mom. Well, right, and one of the, I think one of the keys is if you want to focus on a moment of formation for kids, that you're not guessing. You're not going to just stumble into a particular talk or even a show. That's so true. You really need to preview your talk that you want to give your kids. That's entertaining. That it's insightful. That it hums along. That it's a nice, suited. It's nice aimed. Pit. Yes, and yeah. that it, whatever you know, my kids. We went up skiing, and uh, the whole way up, Mary Catherine picked out a, a preacher she really likes. It was all on dating, and it um, was a great filler of time. But it really made a lot of great points. Used some scripture in beautiful ways, and. Um, She picked that out. So if they can find a talk that they've listened to or enjoy, or siblings can send it our way. Um, I I don't know. I just am so uh, not fully tooled. I don't have the the gift or the the teachings at my fingertips. And like I said, they've heard all my little lectures. They're really tired of my voice. I'm tired of my voice. You're tired of my voice. We need fresh bread. No, no, it's the tone of voice. Oh, that's you. Can voice. you tell? The, the, just in just in sharing this, I'm like, can people tell I'm a little frustrated <laughs> with that, helping my kids? I think. Oh. Well, I think that it points to something that's very real. What's very real is that we want something so beautiful, we want something that's so ideal for our kids, but then we bump up against the limits and the brokennesses of our lives of our kids' lives and of the situations that we face, right? Even just like the silliest of things that our daughter, we have a 12-year-old daughter playing volleyball now, and about a few days ago, she twisted, she uh, uh, sprained her ankle. She sprained her right ankle playing volleyball, and uh, it just tweaked. And... um, it recovered enough to play in, in her game on Tuesday, and then what happened yesterday? Yesterday, she twisted her ankle, her left ankle, <laughs> and it ballooned up pretty bad. And it and it's like, oh yeah, a reminder that we're not, we are not invulnerable. No, we are vulnerable to spiritual sprains. We sprain our spiritual ankles, and then all of a sudden, we just don't have the energy we thought we had, which is, it's just hard. That's just really hard. So, well, today, Carrie, um, we are uh, not only uh, on the 22nd anniversary of Sacred Heart Radio, tomorrow there's a very special event happening in Washington. It is the March for Life. And uh, Mary Catherine's going, which is so cool. In Washington, D.C. D.C., sorry. In Washington, D.C. And uh, during this hour, Sacred Heart Radio will be airing the March for Life coming from Washington, D.C. And I just think that's a really powerful, beautiful event. And when we come back, I want to have you share with me, just explore 
some of the ways that we have attempted to foster a pro-life mentality, spirit, uh, a pro-life way of life in our kids uh, and as a way of encouraging folks that are listening. All right, back in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern along with my wife, Carrie. Carrie's normally heard on Fridays. Tomorrow, this program is not going to air because there'll be special programming on Sacred Heart Radio highlighting uh, or bringing you live a live feed to the March for Life in Washington, D.C. I think this would be a really cool one to be at. If you have to pick one to be at, this is one to be at. To have one just in the uh, in the aftermath of... Um, the overturning of Roe versus Wade is just awesome. If you can ever make it to that March for Life as a family or individual, it's such a great Catholic bucket list or Christian bucket list to be amidst uh, hundreds of thousands of pro-life, pro-loving, pro-just beauty of, of what God has given us in this country. It's just a wonderful electric atmosphere. Um, but we're just going to be going to the one here in uh, Spokane on Sunday. There's a Mass at Our Lady of Lords Cathedral at 11. And then following that, you can walk over to Riverfront Park. And around noon or 12.30, they have uh, speakers and they begin the walk. And it's about a mile and a half. Is it that it's far? It's like five blocks. Wow. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like half a mile. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, may, well, you're in the walk, so it, maybe, it, uh, maybe it is that long. It just doesn't feel very long. I think, uh, yeah, we spend a lot of time visiting and talking with um, just a lot of great friends and uh, people in here in the Spokane area. So if you're able to go to that, it's, it's wonderful. It's just a great way to support this uh, amazing movement. So the pro-life movement has many manifestations, and... I know that we have made intentional efforts to live the gospel of life, being open to life, et cetera, et cetera, in our own family in terms of children, but also to express it in terms of missionary, uh, missions or ministries and initiatives that stand for life. Do you have any, like I'm going to say, can you remember a particular custom or a particular uh, expression of the uh, way that we've supported life and stood for pro-life efforts that stands out for you? Well, I, I remember just going to the March for Life in Seattle or in Olympia every yeah. year, taking the kids out of school, whether the school was supporting it directly or indirectly. And then we'd always There's go a little to the backhanded, just a little slap right <laughs> there. Excuse me, Catholic school, why aren't you <laughs> Sending buses. loading busloads of kids down to the March for Life? Um, then we go to the bakery in uh, Olympia, I'm not sure what the name of it was. Some European bakery head over, no, mass, then the bakery, yeah, then the march. That's right. And then we never would stay for the entire. Hold on, no, no, you're, oh, you're I'm mixing missing... it up. You're mixing it up. So, <laughs> in the early years when in we had years, one kiddo, no kids, and then one kid, <laughs> the mass used to be at St. Michael's in Olympia. And you remember it was like that's like it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, church in the diocese. And then they put chairs in the uh, the back area, and then it was just too big, right? So that was the march. The march was mass there, and then we marched from St. Michael's to the Capitol. And that was a great way to do it. It was awesome. It was awesome, and I I have these wonderful memories of of pushing the you know the baby uh, the stroller pushing yes. the stroller with a couple of kiddos. And well, no, I think one year you went. I just had a had a baby. I think I just had oh, either Annalise. Lily Annalise or John Luke. No, no. And oh, you took okay. it could have been John Luke because he yeah. was December, and then you took four or five kids by yourself. Okay. Well, if I took five kids, that would have been John Luke because he's number six. <laughs> I don't think you would have taken seven. Right. That, or six kids. Even that would, yeah, maybe that would have been 
too much, but I would have had a lot of helpers at the March for Life. True. So, yeah, but then it got too big, right? It got too big, so they started to split it. And then they started saying, go to Sacred Heart uh, in um, uh, just outside of Olympia. What's that town? Um, it's the, not. The other town right there. Anyways, <laughs> so you could go to that one. Uh, you go to that church or you go to St. Michael's. And we would always go to St. Michael's, even though we were directed to the other one. Then they finally put it on the grounds of uh, the uh, university there. What was the St. Martin's. St. Martin's, yes. St. Martin's. They put it in the big... Um, kind of gymnasium, auditorium thing. And that was so cool. Because where would we always sit? We'd get up in the bleachers up top in, this, in the second row so we could see everyone. And I just wanted our kids to have a sense of, look how big this is and look at all these priests come in. That was always one of those like tingling moments of, yes, look at that. Like I think that Pre- was the only yeah. event that you could actually go to in the Washington state where you would see that many Catholics and all those priests. I don't, can you think of another event that would gather that many people in one area with all those priests? No. no. And I think that's a power of focus is when Father Lewis and those who here from here went to Missouri for the focus conference. It was right, just... The Seek conference. Was, oh, it wasn't, it was Seek put on by focus. Yeah. Okay. They just call it Seek. That's just their title. Um. It's just the the magnitude of, of of people, priests, nuns, the holy, the religious, and then all the laity just that are fired up, love their faith. I think you get that sense at Franciscan University when you when I was on campus and they had the the beginning of the year mass and you I mean they have tons of priests on campus, but you're gathered then with all these parents and the new kids coming in and there's just this great pride and joy and sense of like a heavenly banquet happening here on earth. It, it, it is really phenomenal to be a part of something like that on a yearly basis, or maybe even more if you can, but it's just not something you encounter except at the pro-life mass. Yeah. Well, and, and you say, so that's, I use the word radiance, right? There's something that glory radiates. And so when you have the reality of God in, let's say, inhabiting his, the praises of his people and being with two or three in there in the midst, uh, gathering in his name, he's there. Jesus makes himself manifest, and it is so motivating because you realize you're not alone. I, I just always found that so encouraging yes. that, okay, we're, we're fighting the good fight, but we are not alone. And I, we always put a lot of weight on that. Because, you know, when we would actually end up marching and then we would end up on the Capitol steps, you, and you know what's happened with that. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger. It overflowed the steps down into the main, like the central area dividing the two steps. And it's just continued to get bigger and bigger, the March for Life there in Olympia. Amazingly so. And again, so powerful. And the donuts are pretty cool. <laughs> donuts. Come on. Come on, you gotta. Kids, they loved those donuts, and we didn't we get the donuts before. I guess that was a before thing. After mass, we'd get out, we'd get over there first, get a good parking spot, get our donuts, and then walk up to the march. That's right. We'd march from because there was that window of time between the end of mass and the march because it was no longer an actual walking. So, the march was up to the Capitol from that edge of the uh, the Capitol grounds. So, um. What about, I think of a couple of other ways that we've stood for life in like sort of visible manifestations. One is the 40 days for life and one is for us. So uh, any particular event jump out at you in, in either one of those? Why don't you share, Tom? Because it seems like you have I've a got all great kinds of stories. memory of all of these events. And I just, yeah, it's not specific to me. Well, you remember when 40 days for life first started it came out of, I think it's Texas A&M, right, down in, down in Texas. And then Seattle was one of the early sites that jumped on and said, we're all in. And in the early days, there's a lot of like sort of heroism and like, let's go all in and all of that. So there was an effort to cover as far as possible 24 hours in front of Planned Parenthood's in the Seattle area. I don't remember this. You don't remember? I would be going out late at night 
and I would no. be <laughs> praying in front of Was this before we Planned had Parenthood? kids? Or is this when you were doing your doctorate? This was, I, I think I maybe only had one or two kids. Okay. We must have only had a couple of kids. Yeah, I probably wouldn't let you go if we had like yeah. more than three. I know. So I, I got in the car and I would be out there at midnight, at, super late at night, praying in front of the Planned Parenthood near to the UW campus. And I'd be the only one there, right? And I would like take off. I, I would uh, there would be like the baton, the baton handoff, right? I, I showed up at like ten or eleven or something, and the guy's like, "Okay, go for it, brother. Let's go." And and then they would take off, and then I would be there, and I would like do these different stages of okay, now I'm going to pray a rosary on my knees, and it was so interesting closing my eyes, on my knees, praying on the sidewalk across the street. Oh, it's like kind of like a parking lot sidewalk across the street from the Planned Parenthood. And the students would come walking by. And they'd see me kneeling on the ground, eyes closed, praying with the rosary in my hand. And they're thinking, what is that guy doing? He's a Jesus freak. What is he doing? <laughs> and then it, occasionally you'd have these people say, oh, wait a minute. Oh, it's the Planned Parenthood. I was praying in front of the abortion clinic. And it's so, I don't know, I just have that memory in my head Yes, of, of that sense of, you know, you can be generous. You can be, you can extend yourself in courageous ways. Now I just extend myself by committing to watch Chernobyl with you one episode Chernobyl. a night. Like I'm committed, honey. Let's go. Oh, this is what we're watching lately. Well, I'm just glad, okay, this is not about pro-life, but I'm just glad we're watching a show together. That you're not doing your own thing at night and I'm doing my own thing at night. But we're actually sitting down, watching a show together, like the good old days, way back when, when we used to be at the Before house. Before we had handheld devices with yes, 4G networks. The la- we, could- we were in Federal Way House, yep. the Federal Way Home, and we would watch The Mentalist. I remember. Yeah, yes. and f- on a computer screen. Or 24. You loved 24. And we watched it on a computer screen. That's right. We didn't have a TV there. Yeah. So anyhow, we're just watching this uh, documentary. Well, the other day, the kids wanted to watch something. And I said, okay, you guys, why don't we watch something that really has happened that's going to teach you something about life, just like today. So um, uh, Luciana came home with the sprained ankle. Liliana has not been eaten for two days, super tired, fatigued, light, slight fever, she was home. They wanted to watch a show to pass the time and kind of distract them. And I said, okay, well, we need to watch something that's really happened in uh, history. And so we ran across that movie, Mully. Mully the movie, M-U-L-L-Y, MullyTheMovie.com. And it um, was really powerful. And as, as I'm watching this movie, it takes place in the like the, the um, ghetto or the garbage dumps of Kenya. What, what are they called? The barrios, or I can't remember the exact word, but very poor. You see this young man grow up. And um, I was watching that thinking, you know, we're proud to go to a pro-life march and to go to mass and to celebrate our faith. But am I really enacting pro-life work when, you know, just within my knowledge, within my ability to reach out, there's other countries that are uh, it was a hundred thousand orphans in Kenya. One in five will die before the age of five years old, and, and this was, you know, these these stats are from like ten years ago or eight years ago when the movie was made. But you, you know, I'm not closed off to what's going on in the rest of the world. It's not like I don't have access to the real poverty and desperation and situations of people in other parts of our world. And I think part of it is I get overwhelmed with social media or, or the interconnected global, we're a part of a global nation or international world. And, you know, you just cannot not see the desperation of other people in other places. And the poor here are considered almost middle class compared to some of these countries. And anyhow, I, I know this is kind of a distraction or a side note, but this movie is so powerful because what he was able to do, um, I, I don't want to say or give the movie away, but just just sit down and oh, watch give it. it away. Within ten minutes, you'll be hooked, and yeah. it's a beautiful documentary you can watch with your kids about a guy who just hears God's call. Eventually, it takes him many many years, and he's very wealthy and has ten or nine or ten kids with his wife, 
and they're just loving their life in Kenya, being so wealthy, um, but coming from extreme poverty. He was an orphan. And then all his children have to convert to his way of seeing how he want, he's been called by God to give his entire life to these orphans. And the kids are all like, Dad was crazy, and why was he doing this? And this was terrible. And they interview all the kids as a documentary, and, and they show their ages and what child number they are and their view of how their dad was taken up with this mission. And um, anyhow, we only got halfway through it because the kids, I gave in and said, okay, now you can watch it at your show. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was. Well, I'm glad you held the line <laughs> but for a I, while there. I made Jay. them watch good. 45 minutes. <laughs> I said, okay, we'll have to watch the rest of it another time. Are you serious? Have you seen the whole thing? No, I haven't gone. I don't even know oh what happens. Goodness. All I know is they have like 50 kids in their house. And uh, they send all their old, their biological kids to, to uh, boarding schools because they can't help them or teach them. He's so busy with all these orphans. Gary. Yeah, I'm just getting started. You're gonna get blown away. Oh, really? By where this, where this story well, leads. See, when I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking, okay, that's pro-life. Pro-life doesn't just mean unborn. It means well, I it am doesn't for just mean kneeling in front. It doesn't yes. just mean kneeling in front of an abortion clinic late at night, where there's, you know, it's a spiritual battle going on, and hopefully there's some good coming from it. I no, it means helping those in poverty. Yeah, it means and rolling up your sleeves and and, and sacrificing, getting out there and yeah, Anyhow. walking with. All right, well, I can't wait to watch it. If I'm going to be blown away, you're going to cry. Okay, you will cry. Well, I, I cried, so but I cried at the movie Up. So, <laughs> yeah, yes. I did hey, too. That, <laughs> that was I, that was so touching. I cried three times though. Oh, yeah, it's a. But it's a very powerful movie, Mully the movie. That that's a movie that's very informative. It's on a uh, Amazon Prime for free right now. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, great. Well, I paid for it on Mully the movie when we first watched okay. it a few years ago. It's just Mully. Mully. Just the, M-U-L-L-Y. The, the name of the movie is Mully. Yeah. The the website where it used to be shown oh. was MullyTheMovie.com. Okay. Just go type so in Mully. That's on great Amazon that it's Prime. it's accessible on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Just Prime. it's it's really something. It'll yeah. make you realize. Okay, I I went to a march once in a year. How pro-life am I really? Right. Now what I need to do a lot more than that. Yeah. All right. We're up against a break, Carrie. When we come back, more sound insight. Please stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So, Carrie, we mentioned that our daughter, Luciana, twisted her ankle and she's playing volleyball she's playing club volleyball watch out and it's it's cute because it's it's not that big a deal of a team we actually we interviewed the coaches like you don't travel do you we don't want to be on a traveling team i think we just wanted to be on a practice team i said well, can we just be a practice player we don't even want our daughter to be in tournaments where we're going to be just tearing her away from the family well we got a couple of her classmates and dear friends at the oaks to to join up too so uh, at the last practice, uh, oh, at the, the scrimmage game, it was during the practice time, I zoomed up from my meeting and got in there and saw a dad, a, a buddy of mine, whose daughter's also on the team from the Oaks, and, and he had this just sort of like dull, glazed over look in his eyes, and then he saw me, and he was like, he kind of snapped out of it. <laughs> He said, hey, Chris, how's it going? And so, and then it was all, we were chit-chatty and all that and enjoyed watching our daughters. And then the other dad from the other girl on the team, uh, he showed up and I took a selfie of the three I, of us. You, yes, you did. I did. It was like three dads wasting their lives. Wasting their On a sideline, watching their daughters play a volleyball game. And what was striking though was how packed it was. There must have been... 50 or 60 parents. No. Yeah. No way. It was crazy. Did I did I tell people on the radio last week how I went to that tournament and there were four or five people keeping score of the most ridiculous volleyball where half the kids couldn't even get the ball to the net, let alone get it over the net. Mm-hmm. And they so if you've ever been to a ball game, they, they have this app where one side of the screen is blue, the other side is red, and you keep score as to who's scoring the points. And they're all sitting there keeping score for these 12 and under teams. And like I said, half the kids couldn't even get the ball over the net. I'm like, what are all these people doing here? <laughs> I was so irritated. Anyhow, I sat there and enjoyed being part of the club and, you know, taught. What, what's really great in 
about being on the sidelines or being a parent and going to these events is you really do build community. Like, I don't want to underscore that or, or take it for granted. You're not just sitting there watching your child. You are hanging out. Like when you were there last night with the two dads, you start to visit and talk and visit and, and socialize. And there is something about being a sports parent, especially when you're all at the same school, yeah. that builds community. That is a good that I don't want to you know undersell, but it's that's a helpful way to... Uh, connect with other people. Oh, that's huge. I, I And you know, that that's one of the gifts of being at smaller uh, faith-based schools, right? So the Oaks and Chesterton and Court of Christ and at Aquinas Classical Academy on the west side in Bremerton. Um, you, and did you know that Chesterton's opening up a new branch in Edmonds oh, on the no. west side? Oh, okay. Yeah, in the Puget Good. Sound. Very Folks, cool. that is awesome. If you want an authentic Catholic alternative for your kids to actually grow in their Catholic faith as a principal goal, please look into the Chesterton Academy. I'm going to actually have a wonderful opportunity to be interviewing um, a, a faculty member or some other board member from Chesterton, from uh, the Oaks, from Court of Christ. Catholic Schools Week? Well, they have Catholic Schools Week coming up. Yeah. And normally it's at the end of January. I'm just going to make my own. Okay. Yeah, make well, my own. Well, speaking of that, uh, we are playing, the Oaks is playing Quarter Christ again. They yeah. added another game to the schedule next Monday. And so I a thought... A week from Monday. A week from Monday. So I thought, let's get the seminarians. We go to Adoration um, Sunday nights at uh, Bishop White Seminary. It's on the Gonzaga campus there. And it's so holy, so beautiful. Just, I can't say enough about the power of that evening. And you're with eight, about 18 seminarians, and they sing evening prayer, and then they do adoration, and they dim the lights, they do the incense, candles are lit. It's just so Carrie beautiful. loves the environment. She I knows. love the environment. I know. I don't know how people work with like every, like your office here. I couldn't work in here. Sorry, Dad. But the bad thing is I can never get anything done because I'm fixing every, cleaning everything before I can work. But um. The, then they end with, is it night prayer or yeah. in Compline? Yeah, they, yeah. they start it's with just... evening prayer or Vespers, okay. and then they have, it's sung Vespers, and then they have sung Compline or night prayer. It's just so beautiful, and we, we've been going pretty regularly, but they had a five, four or five week break. The seminarians were on a five-day retreat, but um, I said to them, hey, you guys got to come to the basketball game, Father Lewis. Let's get some great Catholic priests over in that gym. Yeah, I, do. I was talking to Father Rod Twiste, oh, right? Yeah? So he's the uh, vocation director. And I was saying, to him, you got to come to the game. You have all these young people there, all these young Catholics there. This is like, this is like, this is the pick, you know, harvest some new seminarians. Yeah. Get some seminarians there. And Father Lewis coming is excellent. I would love to get some of the nuns there. It's just so, so when we talk about sports and I kind of boohoo being on the sidelines, sitting there watching a kid kick a ball into a net. There is that part of it, but there's also the part where you get to the middle school, high school level, and you're in community, and you're actually gathering around a fun event that celebrates uh, athleticism, but in excellence, and, and there's so many great things to say about sports, but um, if, you, if one can make it something that is beyond just that event or beyond watching a game, then go for it. That's what I think. Go for it, ma'am. Yeah, so, um, oh, by the way, we might, we might be having some guests over for dinner before that game, so. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Wait, who? From Wait. Court of Christ. Oh, <laughs> so, that's totally They funny. don't even know that yet. Oh, all right, all right, so, all right, that's good. Well, I wanted to have the seminarians over again. We, um, a lot of them are at the, the mass, we're at St. Mary's, mm -hmm. and um, just having them come up, because they're all from out of town, and they don't get a home-cooked meal, and there's like. Just so many great families there. So, all right. I don't know how we got distracted. I no, think. this is this is so connected to the theme that um, the communion of persons radiates. And when you have that fellowship at big events like the March for Life or the other life um, ministries that we've been talking about, or if you um, even on the, like the side of a sports line, you can have that sense of fellowship that is powerful. It, 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 it enriches the human being. And then when you can bring in that faith context, that's so powerful. So adoration, one of the reasons why that adoration is enhanced is that you have the prayers of devout, fervent, faith-filled young men joining with you. It's so powerful. And so it's a multiplier. It really is. And I want my kids to see 
fervent, committed young men who are saying, Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. I'll follow you wholeheartedly with my whole life. If you're calling me to be a priest, I've said, yes, lead me, Lord. And for seminarians to see that that call does not strip them away from the real life of Catholic families, but that they have Catholic families that come and be with them is so encouraging because they realize they're not alone because it can be a lonely thing to be in the seminary. Can I just use my imagination for a second? Go right ahead. Because it's reading about imagination and memory. How cool would it be? Because, okay, so I go to this church on Sunday. Before I go to Mass, I go to Victory Faith. And when you get there, I, I literally have five or six people say welcome. And just so warm, so genuinely full of love and, and uh, a sense of evangelizing the stranger or the newcomer or just anybody. The gift of hospitality. It, it really radiates. How cool would it be to say, okay, what would you do as a school to make your sporting events a welcoming event where you intentionally have four to ten people just welcoming, serving, helping, guiding. Uh, I don't know. It just, it just dawned on me, like, that would be such a great way to warm up a crowd or warm up a space because you really do notice when you go into a space, you really can tell the spirit or the atmosphere of that, that place. And to kind of say, hey, we're here to serve and to show hospitality and to evangelize. All right. That's just a little mission thing. I'm not sure how that will play out, but... It's a great idea. Maybe someone that's part of a school heard it and they're like, okay, we're in. How do we... Actually, when we welcome other schools here, how do we use this as an opportunity to to evangelize? Yeah. That's a great and point. To be a light. Well, Carrie, you have some life hacks. I'm excited. I don't even know what they are, but I'm ready to dive in and and get my life uh, in better order here. So what are these life hacks about? Well, I'm going to just jump to something else real quick, and oh, then I'll go sorry. to the life hacks. Is that all right? Go right ahead. So we're working on our budget, and it's been grueling and hard work. Right, Tom? <laughs> yes, it has. It has been hard. And our I don't think our finances are typically, they're not typical. And complicated to degrees that we've made them complicated because we've not done an excellent job of tracking everything. And that's just hard work. And it's not either of our temperaments to be detailed and sit there and like, who wants to do that? (laughs) We got parties to plan. We got sports to go. (laughs) We have to go ski. I mean, there are things going on here. We cannot be sitting here counting pennies. Anyhow, um, it's been hard. And I have been just more mindful of shopping and and how we're spending our money. So I go to Walmart the other day, and I go to buy fruit and vegetables and whatnot. I'm running through the store, grabbing a couple of things. It's not like a full grocery, sh- uh, grocery shopping trip, because uh, that's not where we grocery shop. Um, so there are oranges next to the cucumbers and the tomatoes and the avocados right when you walk in. And the cucumbers, you know, is 77 cents a pound, and this is, you know, 90 cents a pound, whatever. Then it says orange is 88 cents. And I'm like, Wait, is it 88 cents a pound or is it 88 cents per orange? And I'm thinking it must be per pound. And I'm looking around at the other oranges going, this has to be per pound. I mean, it's a good deal. I'm going to get some. So I get eight. Go to checkout and literally it was 88 cents per orange. It was over $7. Had it been per pound, I looked at the scale, it was three and a half. It would have only been under like $3 versus $7.50. Okay, just little details like that <laughs> really bug me. I feel manipulated by the, the, the store. Like, how would they not be more clear? And I'm just saying, you have to be so careful when you are shopping that you notice those little things. Okay, that's my little, I don't even know what that is. Okay, so here's a little humbling <laughs> confession. So I, to share that. I, don't, I don't often go through uh, drive throughs Okay. And... I just happened to have had, um, this is my rationalization, a okay. long day and I was hungry and I'm like, you let me just zip hard. through a drive-thru. So I went through an unnamed fast food restaurant. We are fasting from fast food February. We are? Fast food fasting oh, February. Awesome. Great. Next month. Sign me up. Just get ready, I- I'm man. I'm in. Let's okay. go. I- I'm all for that. <laughs> go ahead. Anyways, I- so I was in this unnamed one that has to do with a guy in a box. So, um, so I went and I ordered the meal. Okay. And they said, well, what size meal? I said, well, this, just the medium, right? Just that's the normal meal. And I noticed that when they rung it up, they had rung it up for a dollar more than was on the board. 
And so I got around to the side and I just said, Hey, just a heads up. Um, you're charging me this, but the board says it's this. They said, no, 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 it's actually this. And I'm like, well, you're promoting it at a dollar less. Good catch, Tom. Thank I'm you. I'm impressed hello? with your details here with yeah, numbers. Hello. And I said, I, I, do you? I really want my dollar. <laughs> I really want my dollar. I said, do you think it's... And, it's just principle. It's just the principle of the thing. If you're going to market it at that price, and that's the price I ordered it at, then all of a sudden I get a surprise when it showed up and it said, on the here's the board, it's a dollar more. And I'm like, what? Let me go around. And so she said, do you want to talk to my manager? I said, what? Yeah, because she wouldn't do it. She okay. wouldn't change it. So the okay. manager came over and you're I said, so funny. hey, you know, it's just, it's just a dollar, but this was what it says. He says, oh, no, the meal price is for a small. <gasps> If you ordered a medium, that's a dollar more. And I'm like, when was that even a thing? Tom, we went, okay, I packed a nice little snack, sandwiches, granola bar, all this to go to Pullman. So I'm like, we're not eating out. We are going straight home. We are not going to stop and get some food after driving an hour and 45 minutes there and then turning around and coming back. But of course, I give in to my kids who just, please, mom, please. So we stop at Subway. Guess how much a 12-inch sub with a bag of chips and a drink cost? Just guess. $12. $15. Have you? <laughs> I was like, when did this price triple? Like, I haven't been to Subway in so long. We were all shocked. Even the kids were thinking, Mom, I said, you're all paying me five bucks. I'm not buying this meal. I packed you all some P&Js and turkey sandwiches. Food has gone great. Oh, fast all food right. is crazy. Okay, we're up against a break. When we come back, we'll finally get around to some life hacks. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. It's great to be with you all today. Today is a wonderful anniversary, 22nd anniversary of Sacred Heart Radio being on the air. Please pray for and continue to support Sacred Heart Radio. We really do appreciate that. You'll be hearing different announcements and other special ways of celebrating that anniversary. Tomorrow, and this is, uh, I'm on with my wife, Carrie. Tomorrow is the March for Life, which you'll hear on Sacred Heart Radio. It's one of the great gifts that Sacred Heart Radio provides is access to live events that you can then join in on through the gift of Catholic Radio. Carrie, Life hacks. Okay, we've got five minutes for some life hacks. All right. This is by Gretchen Rubin. Reframing your day. Instead of feeling that you lost the day after a bad morning, reframe each day as four quarters. So that would be morning, midday, afternoon, evening. If you blow one quarter, just get back on track for the next one. Fail small, not big. That's a life hack. You're welcome. What do you think of that? I... I like it. I like it because there is a way in which if we start poorly, we can feel like it's too late now to reset. And so I think what I would do is, if you consider that a quarter, consider that the beginning of the second quarter can be a reset. So what I'm thinking about specifically is, oh, I got up early to to pray and then I ended up cleaning and then the kids got up earlier than expected and I lost my prayer time. Okay. Wait a minute. Do I have any ability to hold in reserve the beginning of my second quarter to pray? Like, why don't I go to noon mass? Go to noon, noon mass to instead four. of the eight o'clock mass. Okay. Or like let that. me pray morning prayer at lunchtime or do midday prayer or instead of the Or go to mass at readings. six o'clock at night and start the evening in a... Yeah. Good. And, and so that, because I know the loss that happens when I start the quarter badly. Now... I just need energy to fill each of those quarters <laughs> because afternoon, evening, I need to figure out a better way to ex- uh, reserve or reset energy levels. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to do that. There are some great tr- ways to do that. Caffeine. Caffeine. <laughs> Coffee or tea. What yeah. about that energy powder that you can take? Those protein powders? Well, I do that oh, when I go to the gym. get you fired up, man. Yeah. They'll get you going. Okay, here's one. Uh, airplane mode hack. If you're stuck on an annoying call, put your phone on airplane mode instead of hanging up. Do you know why? No. Uh, the other person sees, quote, call failed, quote. 
instead of call ended. There you go. So if you get a call from me and it says call failed, you know I was annoyed with you. <laughs> I stuck you on airplane mode. <laughs> Should we try it with each other? That make sure is it works. Fascinating. You could do it with a real estate call. Ah, sorry. <laughs> I just lost your call. You know what I've done? I, I will admit I've done this. I've said, Oh, hold on a minute. I've got a call coming in. <laughs> I say, No, just please hold and then I'll put it on hold and then I'll wait five seconds and then I'll come back and I'll say, I'm sorry. I've been expecting this call. I've got to take it. And this is because you need to get off a call. Trying to get off a call graciously. Okay. A call that goes on and on because you're typically not getting off calls. You're like, you take those calls. Wow. Was that an underhanded? Hold on. Is that I, a little can I put your Can I put your microphone <laughs> on airplane mode? I think we need to kind of put you on the disconnected. You're going to get muted here. I know. I benefit from your wow. willingness to sit and listen to me. So I should not smash you. All right. You ready for another one? Yeah, let's go. All right. This is not as good, but I'll give it to you. Family treasure. And I think, Tom, if I read this, you could probably figure out a better way to do this. Get a blank book. Number two, ask each family member over 50 to write down life advice that their descendants in 500 years should know. Okay, already I'm seeing the problem with this. Number three, keep passing it down. And there's another problem. <laughs> you know, now you now have a family treasure that gets more useful over time. So two things. <laughs> I told you this is a little, this needs to be. All right. I got three things, actually. Mary Grace gave me a book a year ago. Okay. Uh, or maybe it was on Father's Day. It was, Father, I want to know about you. And so I started to write. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? So I started making audio, uh, an audio journal yes, of the I, questions. Yes, Tom, I hear you speaking into your phone. So, and then I've uploaded them into a folder. Nice that um, Mary Grace can listen to and all the kids can listen to. And that and all your radio shows. We're going to be set. Thank you. We're going to be set I, I'm for like, life. Kids, hey, listen to me, great, 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 great grandkids, you who are listening to me 500 years from now, I want you to know Jesus loves you. I'm watching out from you from heaven. And don't do that. Stop sinning. Okay, I'm watching. Start some expiation. This is This is motivating to make a great blog post or to put stuff on social media that is evergreen because you do put stuff up there and people will see it for the next, I don't know, 50 years, 100 years. I don't know how long these pages on Instagram and Facebook, I've not posted in a couple of years on either of them, but there is a way in which my kids still go back and read and see what I put on them. And it's like time, it's I just think forever. it's cool that our kids, kids are going to be able to see them in a much more vivid and rich way as kids and growing up than we did. And that it's likely even more that, you know, their kids are going to have an even richer experience of it, that sort of thing. So, um, okay, we have time for literally one more. Uh, okay, this is okay. Keeping your cool. If someone insults you during a meeting, Tom, try this with me. If I insult you, pretend like you didn't hear what I said. And then you say to me politely, could you repeat that? What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know that was like way too easy right? for if you, you didn't know that was coming okay they'll either repeat the insult yeah. and look rude or realize their mistake and apologize we should try that well, as no, a couple they, i don't think you'd apologize because if i said what did you say and you said well let me i apologize i'd say what are you apologizing for what did you say that you're apologizing for all right. Excuse me, what'd you say? Well, we, I apologize, but we are against the end of the program. I'm going to put you all, my dear listeners, on airplane mode until tomorrow. No, wait a minute. Until Monday on Sound Insight. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend.